Welcome back to the Whitetail Obsession Outdoors podcast. Today's topic is food plots. And I want to talk about this topic because some people say that food plots have no benefit to deer. Some people say they do. And I'm super excited to talk about it today. And give you my thoughts and opinions on this because it's a passion of mine to see what works, see what doesn't work, see what can benefit when you try new things and see what doesn't benefit. Well, my opinion on this is that if you have a little quarter acre food plot that, and that's all you have, you're not benefiting the deer per se. Now, if you're in an area that has no agricultural around beans, corn, alfalfa, things like that, and your property is shaded out with pines, spruce trees, evergreen, all that stuff, and you have no natural browse, no briars, no bushes, no hardwoods, regeneration, things like that, your deer are going to be hungry. There's no food at ground level. Everything's shaded out. The deer are going to be hungry. And the first sign of that is you'll see the deer are skinny, the ribs are showing, and just look sick and, and unhealthy overall. So if you're in an area like that, as I just described, and no ag fields around, and you're trying to improve the health of the herd, you have your work cut out for you. Things you can do to improve that is install food plots. Hinge cut, hack and squirt methods, there's a huge debate which better, who cares, do what you, do what you have to do and have to work with. If you want to hinge cut, hinge cut. If you want to do hack and squirt, hack and squirt. Both are the same, but you know, but a little bit different. Hack and squirt actually kills the tree and allows the leaves to fall off to allow sunlight to hit the forest floor. With that is going to create new brows, forbs to regrow and allow for more food to the deer. Hinge cutting also opens up the canopy, allows more sun to enter the forest floor, but also provides deer with woody browse instantly. As soon as you drop that tree, the tree is going to continue to grow for many years and you're allowing you know that, that browse to be at ground level for the deer. Also applies or allows for bedding. So both you know, are providing the same result for the most part. But when you're trying to improve the health of that herd in an area that has no ag and you're shaded out. And let's say you have let's say you have a hundred acres of property. Around you is just continuous woods, hardwoods, no field, no ag fields, no production, you know, ag or nothing. And let's say you have five acres of field that you want to create food plots in to help benefit those deer. I would say 
a minimum, bare minimum, is two acres that you would need to benefit deer on your property and surrounding you know, deer. Because when you plant food plots, you're going to attract more deer. You need to have enough tonnage on that property to supply deer food for many months out of the year. And remember, food plots are supplemental. Browse is there year-round because when the leaves fall off, you have woody browse. Now, if you don't have any of that, then you're in trouble. So, <laughs> but you just, you need a lot of food for deer. Deer consume four to six pounds of food per day. So, like I mentioned, bare minimum, two acres. And the only way that you're going to be able to benefit the deer is by following the proper steps with soil amendment, pH levels, fertility levels, and so forth. Because if you're planting food plots and you're not doing anything different than anything that's there, you're not benefiting anything. You're not providing higher quality food. So browse bushes, briars, all that stuff. It's not limed. It's not fertilized. It's not, you're not putting TLC into that. Food plots, the whole point of a food plot is to be the most palatable food source in the area. So we're taking soil samples. We're liming. We're fertilizing. When you do those things, you're, you're allowing that plant to reach its full potential with higher digestible proteins, higher fertility levels in the plant, higher micronutrient levels in the plant. When you do that, you're boosting it. Everything up in that plant, you're improving the soil. Remember, the soil gives the nutrients to the plants. And then when the deer consumes that plant, they're, they're giving the nutrients. So it's a transfer, you know, soil gives it to the plants, the plants give it to the deer. Without those nutrients in the soil, that plant is weak. It's low in, nutri in nutrients. It's low in um, micronutrients. It's low in fertility levels, MPK. When you're low in that, it's no different than anything else for the deer are going to continue to suffer. So when you're trying to improve body weight on animals, deer, you need to improve digestible proteins. Well, how do you do that? You follow the proper steps, as I just mentioned. Soil samples. Liming. When you lime, you're adding calcium. So you're upping the calcium in the plants. When you fertilize, you're upping the MPK in the plant. When you spray micronutrients, such as antler grow, onto the plants, you're increasing the micronutrient levels in the plants, which then gives it to the deer. The whole point of this is to try and have something green and growing in that food plot for as many months out of the year winter wheat clovers brassicas oats all that stuff but you need to make it the most palatable thing in the area if you're doing all of this work and you're not going to take the time to improve the nutrient levels in the soil lime fertilizer you're not benefiting that deer. Sure, you're providing more green, which is good, 
but to actually see those major results in body weight, antler development, antler size, you need to make sure that those nutrients in that soil are up to par. And that's the only way that you're going to see those true results. And in my opinion, from what I have seen overall, I'm not a biologist, wildlife researcher, you know, anything like that. But what I can tell you is from trial and error and seeing the results of what I'm doing because soil samples and all that, I go nuts. I'm a fanatic with it. I, I make sure that everything's up to par. You know, I'm spraying fertilizers. I'm spraying micronutrients, antler grow, the, the farmer's touch MPK. I'm granular fertilizing. I'm liming. I'm making sure everything's perfect. When you do that, you see results. You see body weight go up. You see antler bigger deer. You see healthier deer. You see deer with less less ticks. You see just a major jump in the deer and turkeys overall, but you have to put all that effort into improving the soil and keeping something green and growing in that soil for as many months out of the year. So in my opinion, yes, you can improve the health of the herd. Depends on your situation. Everybody's is different, but in order to do that, you need two, three acres minimum of supplemental food plots. If you want to take it a step further, then do what you can to improve browse, uh, briars, bushes, forbs, all that stuff in the ter- in the form of hinge cutting or hack and squirt methods. Do anything you can to re- uh, improve food in that area, increase food. Deer consume four to six pounds of that per day times that by how many deer you have on your property. And that's a lot of food. So take the steps, improving that soil, and you will see the results. After year one, you'll see body weight go up. Year two, you'll start to see it in the antlers. And then three, four, five, all the way to whatever, you'll see major results. But take the time uh, to do those soil sample, guys, and correct it. You'll thank yourself later. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Whitetail Obsession Outdoors podcast. This is podcast number four. And today, uh, I want to bring this podcast to you because a lot of people have been asking uh, questions about soybeans. And a lot of people are saying that soybeans are bad to plant for deer. And it's the worst thing you could do to your property. And I actually disagree with that obviously with with variations because you can't just say soybeans are bad you know because some places they're obviously going to work and some places doesn't make sense to plant them so I'm going to break that down a little bit for you today and because I'm actually doing soybeans on my property this year we've done soybeans everywhere Kentucky Maryland PA Florida I mean there's uh there's many options you know when it comes to soybeans um, and there's a lot of variations and that's just with every food plot that you plant. Some food plots make sense for one place and some food plots make sense for another place. So with soybeans, there's probably not a better attraction than uh, fresh 
palatable soybeans. And if you have, you know, if you ever pass a an ag field, you know, with dozens and dozens and dozens of acres of soybeans, you know, you'll see dozens and dozens and dozens of deer. But with that said, it's dozens and dozens and dozens of acres of soybeans. When deer eat soybeans, they're eating the green leaves. When they turn yellow, the deer are gone. They're not going to be eating it. Now come late uh, fall, early winter, when there's no green left and you still have standing soybeans with the pods, then yeah, that's going to be a huge attraction. But the problem is if you have so small soybeans, they're going to wipe you out quick. So on your property, if you have one, two, three, four acres of soybeans that you're planting this spring and summer, does it make sense to leave that small amount of soybeans alone the rest of the year and not plant anything green for the fall? That does not make sense because once the soybeans turn yellow, the deer are going to disappear and they're going to go find something that's green to your neighbor's property that has a green food source for the fall. So it's not that soybeans are bad, but you have to plant them to where it makes sense. Now, if you have, say you have five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten acres of soybeans, and you plant them in the spring, in the, in the spring, summer, and they're green deer, deer hammering them all spring and summer long, and you have other areas on your property that have green based food sources, then yeah, the deer are going to leave that huge field of soybeans until it gets late uh, fall, early winter, and the, then they'll be back. They'll be eating the pods. So, you know, it, you just have to plant based on what you have to work with. So saying that soybeans are bad, I, it's completely false because each place works differently. You know, each setup is different. Uh, you have to do it according to your property and what makes sense. You have to use, you have to be reasonable uh, with every situation. For instance, um, another option would be, say you have, say you have, uh, say you have two acres. Okay. You want to plant two acres of soybeans this spring and summer. Okay. Great attraction. Deer are going to be in there and they could wipe, they could wipe it out. But Let's say you have a balanced, you know, herd. You have two acres soybeans. They come in there and they, they're hammering it, okay? If you take one acre of that, divide it, fence off those soybeans with a dual perimeter electric fence, leave them standing, okay? The other part, you plant in greens, wheat, rye, oats, brassicas, whatever. And that way you have the best of both worlds. You got green on one side. Then on the other side, you got your standing soybeans fenced off so deer can't get in it. Come late November, early December, you take that fence down. Guess what? Huge attraction for the pods. Okay? High energy food source. You got the green. You got the pods. You have standing food above snow. Because you got to think of when you have snow, the the soybeans are going to be standing above the snow. So they're going to have food above, you know, above that level. Great attraction. Now, is that standing one acre soybeans of pods going to last very long? No, but it's going to give you a few days, a week, two weeks of great hunting opportunities to shoot those, shoot deer, whatever you want to shoot. It's a great attraction.
Now, on my property, what we're doing this year, because I have three acres of tillable ground that I can plant food plots. Each year, we do something different. We make very, we very, uh, we rotate things. Uh, we rotate uh, buckwheat, clovers, sunflowers, soybeans, uh, all kinds of clovers, sun hemp, uh, Egyptian wheat walls for screening and everything you can think of. We, we planted it all. But this year, what we're doing is we're planting straight three acres of soybeans and I'm actually fencing them off with a dual perimeter electric fence to prevent deer from eating them for about 30 to 40 days. Once they get about ankle, knee high, we're going to take that fence down and let the deer have at it. We're going to let them have at it. Huge, huge nutritional value to the deer. Great palatability, great attraction. And come uh, time to plant fall plots, which my area is roughly mid-August, whatever soybeans we have left, okay, those soybeans are going to be tilled back into the ground. They're going to be tilled back in for green manure. And then we're going to go ahead and plant our fall plot because it doesn't make sense for me to leave three acres of soybeans for the rest of the year because come fall hunting season, there's going to be no green left. The soybeans, the leaves are going to be gone. Yeah, there'll be pods, but they're not going to last very long. So you got to have that green base and you have to plant what makes sense. So in my situation, three acres of standing soybeans all year long doesn't make sense. We're using them for spring and summer nutrition, food source, high protein value. Obviously, they're going to be sprayed with Antler Grow, Farmer's Touch MPK. Let the deer do what they want with them. Come August, they're going to be tilled back in, green manure, and then we're going to go ahead and plant our fall plot, which will be a mix of wheat, rye, oats, and some brassicas, maybe even some clovers. It's just, you have to, again, you have to use what makes sense. And you can't just say one thing is bad because, yeah, it may be bad for one spot, but it may be great for another area. And who cares? Just the whole point of all of this is to have fun. Have fun with it. There's so many people that's so negative about everything in life. Not even just hunt. I'm just speaking in general. Just so negative. Like, this is bad. This is bad. This is bad. This is bad. You know, who cares? Just just do what you want and have fun with it. Let it be enjoyable. If it's not enjoyable, then don't do it. If it frustrates you, then don't do it. Some people overthink things and can't think for themselves. They rely on everyone else to you know, to do it for them, to think for them. And there comes a time where you just have to say, this is the way I'm doing it. This, if I fail, I fail. I learn from my mistakes. And that's what you do on a daily basis. I fail all the time, but I continue to do what I love to do because it's fun and I enjoy learning. So keep it reasonable. An acre of soybeans standing all year long makes zero sense. 15 acres of soybeans standing all year, all year long makes great sense. But you have to have a mix if you're going to do it. Soybeans and greens. If you have one, two, three acres of soybeans, doesn't make sense to leave them standing. You still need to plant your fall plot of greens, 
wheat, rye, oats. Oats are the first thing to go away after a frost. The rye and wheat kick in. Brassicas are the ice cream. Have a mixture and you'll have way better results. Thank you guys for listening to episode four. I appreciate it. Any questions, you know how to get a hold of me. YouTube, whitetailobsessionoutdoors.com. Or that's the website. YouTube, whitetailobsessionoutdoors. And I will see you guys later.